This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Brittany Grover. And I'm Jan Westmark, and you are listening to the monthly Sidelines episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for March 3rd, episode 2884. This episode is brought to you by Espoir Equestrium. The episode is a special episode of Horses in the Morning every first Thursday of the month, brought to you by Sidelines Magazine, the magazine for horse people, about horse people. Good morning, horse world. So Jan, I know you just got back from an awesome trip to Florida. Uh, you know, I first heard about the World Equestrian Center and all I could think of was this is a dream come true, like from my childhood, you know, this big, <laughs> beautiful Grand Prix ring and a hotel that you could just look out over it and then it became real and then you got to go stay there. What was that like? It was so amazing. Anyone that hasn't been to the World Equestrian Center needs to get in their car and go right now. <laughs> it's that amazing. Um, the funny part was, we did stay in the hotel with our window um, of our room overlooking the Grand Prix ring. And we just had Josh Dolan on the cover. He's on the cover of the um, March issue with our uh, his little miniature horses and his kangaroo. And so the first horse I looked down from the window and the first horse and rider in the ring is Josh on his oh, on a horse funny. named Izzy Blue. Yeah. And he was jumping around. I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> um but yeah, the place is phenomenal. The restaurants, the rings, the, the, <laughs> I can't even begin to describe it. Uh, it's like a Disney world for horse people. Um, I would wish I was still there. I wish I was recording this from my room <laughs> overlooking the Grand Prix ring. That's how much that I liked so it. Cool. Um, it was awesome because we also got to catch up with a bunch of people, including Josh, who is, um, on our cover, like I said, his farm is actually right across the street from the World Equestrian Center. Oh, wow. He, yeah, we drove over there, uh, my husband Jerry and I, and we took some pictures of him holding the Sidelines magazine out in the field, surrounded by all the little miniature horses that he has, all the little dwarf minis so that he cute. just rescued. Um, and then he had his kangaroo Spanky there, oh, the kangaroo that's, that's in our magazine. So he takes some food and he's giving it to all the minis and he gave some to Spanky, like in a little cup, like he just shakes it. And then I glance over and Josh and I are sitting there talking or maybe I'm taking pictures of him and my husband Jerry's kneeling down and he's just feeding Spanky. So that all looks fine, right? Everything <laughs> looks good. And then I, then Jerry, for whatever reason, he reaches up and he starts scratching behind Spanky's ears. Well, I don't know if that's not a kangaroo thing because Spanky stood up. And you know how oh, like no. you see all those videos of kangaroos like punching people? Yeah. Huh? And I was like, Jerry. So he like took his hands down and the kangaroo sat back down. Oh, wow. How <laughs> funny. Josh, I don't think Josh saw that, but um, <laughs> I'll send you the picture of Jerry feeding the kangaroo. I did not take a picture of the kangaroo standing up because at that point I was no, you sent me this like perfect picture of him yeah. smiling and feeding yeah, the yeah, kangaroo. Yeah. That the was kangaroo right before happy. he started scratching behind the kangaroo's ears. I'm like, it's not a dog. <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't know how to approach a kangaroo either. Yeah. Like, yeah. wow, um, that's but, amazing. Yeah, it was great. We ran into tons of people that we've done stories on. Um, we recently did a story on Derek Peterson, uh, and he lives right by there. 
he had um his son was showing and his daughter-in-law were showing and uh he put on a sidelines hat for us and he's been walking around the showgrounds ever since wearing that hat so that made me happy and a long time ago uh, i mean maybe like two years ago we did a story on a young rider um gosh he must have been 12 named brooks hull and he is now um showing with Derek, and he was there also so we caught up with him oh i love Derek's story you know oh. he's just oh amazing yeah you know he had that horse that that he just he, he really liked and got offered some money for and he just he had a dream right that mm-hmm. promised that, land yep yep that that horse would take him to the promised land so he decided to keep it and ended up sent sent ended up selling it for what over 10 times the original offer and being able Enough to finance to buy his farm a, an amazing and, farm in near the world equestrian center yeah. yeah yeah that's just that's that's so cool you know i just love that when people follow those those instincts and those promptings that they have to be able to to follow their dreams in unexpected ways. It's so cool that you got to meet him and that he's training Brooks. How cool. I bet, I bet there's some good stories coming out of there in the future. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it was exciting just to meet Derek because he's um, very humble. Um, mm. And I just really liked that. And his, they were actually uh, Kristen Vanderveen, who we have featured before. It's been a long, long time. Um she uh, had a new horse that I guess she was trying to sell or something. So they had taken it over. And so I got to watch her, um, I mean, Derek's son, uh, compete the horse in a class. So that was pretty oh, cool. cool. Did you um, watch from your from your hotel room or did you watch ringside? Or No, I watched that all, all that stuff ringside. Yeah. Um, I liked watching from the hotel room, but, you know, you're pretty high up and far away. Um, it's yeah. more like it looks more like you're watching it on a computer screen. Um, yeah. So sense. I did that. But then mostly we stayed down by the rings. Uh, it's and they have this incredible chapel on the grounds that it's open 24 seven and you can go in there and they have incredible restaurants. I mean, it's it's a pretty amazing thing what they've done and they're building a cross country course so they can have eventing and then they're building polo fields wow um i guess i should just move there anyway (laughs) (laughs) we should probably all move yes i'm looking out the window at all this rain thinking like yeah that sounds uh yeah yeah slow i could do without that for a while who else did you meet uh let's see we caught up with jennifer glass she we've done an unbridled story on her in the past she uh lives down in florida she and her husband are big into fishing i think i like competitive fishing but she also hands out the ribbons at the horse shows uh so she was doing that while we were there so i caught up with her um and then later i saw her driving around in her golf cart wearing her sideline tap <laughs> she's like i'm representing so that was cool. <laughs> yeah um so I, I just can't say enough things. If you haven't been there, just you need to go. <laughs> that's awesome. And you got to eat all the good food. And yeah, that's that's exciting. Yeah. And I saw I saw lots of riders that we've done stories on. So that's always fun to do that. Uh, we also went down to the world um, to a winter equestrian festival um, and I caught up with other people down there. So that was great. Our little trip to Florida. That's that's so fun. Yeah, I better I better. uh find a plane ride though i'm not sure that that would be such an enjoyable car trip for me up here uh, from, from california from oh, no, washington, wait, wait, from washington? Yeah. yeah to florida no. that would no. be uh that'd be a little long uh, <laughs> i did i did connecticut to san diego i think that was enough for for a while <laughs> yeah that was long yeah <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing about your trip. I'm so excited to go there myself someday. 
Espoir Equestrian is an equestrian lifestyle and competition clothing brand owned and distributed exclusively by Somerset Equestrian Trading and dealers they select as partners. The brand offers a line of UV protective show, activewear, and ladies' casual shirts, as well as show coats and breeches. Susan Benson, CEO of Somerset, is excited about the brand and has created new products added to the line that meet the needs of the American rider, including hunter and equitation riders in the form of beautiful tan breeches and hunter-style show coats and shirts. She is pleased to continue to the traditions of this proudly South African brand created by founder Carolyn Van Schalkwick. Carolyn, who continues as the creative director of Espoir, is a talented artist and designer who also competes successfully in show jumping. Her love of horses and the sport is evident in the hand-illustrated designs that are featured on the UV protective shirts and accessories. Her knowledge of what a rider requires to be comfortable and look great in the saddle has helped her create the very comfortable and attractive show coats in lightweight and mesh styles, as well as the Inspire breeches constructed of bamboo fabric with a fabulous fit and feel. All of the Espar clothing items feature subtle branding touches featuring the iconic Espar logo and colors. Even the zipper pull on the shirts is a beautiful gold color with the Espar name. Learn more about Espar at www.esparequestrian.com. And this is Jan, the editor of Sidelines, and I just want to say I have an Espar shirt, and it's beautiful, and I love the way it fits. It's UV protective, and I actually even wear it when I'm out walking on a sunny day to keep me from getting sun. Our next guest is Danny Robertshaw. His name is known in the horse world, both for his place in the Show Hunter Hall of Fame and as co-founder of Danny and Ron's Rescue, which has placed over 12,000 dogs so far, all out of the home Danny and his partner Ron Danta share. As a rider, Danny won 19 regular working hunter championships with protocol at top shows all around the country, and his influence can still be seen in the show ring today, both with those he has trained, those he's inspired, and uh, he's currently a judge as well. We got to know Danny a little better in our unbridled column this month and are so excited to have him with us today. Hi, Danny. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. We're so excited to have you. Well, you're very welcome, and I'm honored to be here. Awesome. It's been such a pleasure to get to know you. I was, I had the great honor of getting to interview you for our unbridled column in this month's magazine. And also, I have the, the first two children's books that you have come out with for Danny and Ron's Rescue the Life in the Doghouse series. My daughter is loving them. And I wanted to ask you, how did that come about? And I know you have some other books on the way out as well. Well, it came about because of the movie Life in the Doghouse. That can be seen on Amazon Prime still. And uh, it was on uh, some airlines and stuff before COVID. And uh, it was seen in 49 countries. And we've, we've, um, we've heard from all of those countries and uh, that enjoyed the film a lot. Uh, Simon & Schuster contacted us about um, writing children's books. And, uh, and HarperCollins about a more grown-up book. You have Elmer and the Talent Show and... Moose and the Smelly Sneakers. The next one is Millie, Daisy, and the Scary Storm, and I won't reveal the fourth one. Um, <laughs> but the first two came out February 1st, and the next two are supposed to be July 2nd. And then mm-hmm. uh, uh, the more grown-up book is August 1st, and that's for pre-order on Amazon currently. Awesome. What's that one about? That one is... Um, it's going into a lot more depth than the, than the uh, documentary did. 
lot more of our life story and and more about how we got into this whole uh, game of rescue that we're in, um, and some of the uh, you know the course of conflicts and troubles that we've encountered, and uh, and more about different dogs and different stories. It, it's uh, it, I think it's going to be a good read. So so far, uh, those that have viewed it have loved it. So hoping yeah, so. Yeah, I'm so excited to to read that one. I I you know, it's mostly my daughter reads it with my husband, so that's kind of a daughter papa thing, but I've got to read a couple chapters especially from Moose and the Smelly Sneakers. And one thing that really stands out to me is how how well it shows what the dog is really thinking, you know, like you have this little girl who's, you know, kind of getting frustrated because this dog isn't just doing what she wants and it kind of shows how this puppy is like he he really wants to do what she wants. He just doesn't understand that language. And I think that's such an important lesson, you know, especially especially for kids, but also kind of for anyone, especially those who haven't maybe had a lot of experience with, with animals and dogs. <laughs> uh, well, it is. And we've tried to have, um, you know, a couple lessons in each book that are, um, you know, that, that are positive notes, but they're also uh, uh, a little bit of learning and, and education, too. And each each dog was an actual dog that uh, has been in the movie, and uh, but the stories about them, of course, are totally fictitious. And then in the back of each book, it tells the true story of who they are and how they came to be with us. I can't wait to see them. I I have a picture of Aurora holding them, and I was so excited just to see that you have the books and um, that they've been printed. And I just think it's an amazing thing. Uh, well, thank you. We we also we have a puzzle that uh, across, I mean a uh, whatever jigsaw puzzle on Amazon. Also, Amazon also. Um, we have a lot of projects. We uh, we help the elderly with pets. We have a veterans program, a handicap program. We pair with Meals on Wheels uh, for a, a project called Animals, which people that qualify for the Meals on Wheels that can't really afford to keep their pets, but otherwise give them a good home, and it's all they have to cling to and uh, we deliver mm. food to them and pay vet bills. That's wow. amazing. You guys have done such a wonderful job. Um, now I know that you must have some incredible dog rescue stories. Can you share just a few of them? Yeah. Um, I, you know, some of my, my um, recollections can be a little bit foggy, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, the gist of, of certain ones, um, one is John John. It's a it's a poodle uh, that we have, and uh, he actually was in Key West, living in and out of a, a parked car and chained to it. Oh no! And uh, mm. and something happened to whoever owned the car. I think the the person might have lived there too, but he just had had no socialization. He was totally yellow. He was skin and bones, um, and just cringe being around people at all. And we ended up getting him um, to a forest ranger there that connected with uh, another um, wildlife person in Miami who ended up delivering him to us. And uh, it took over almost three years uh, before he actually decided he was part of the family. Um, And now he comes up to people and wags his tail. Um, But I don't think we could ever put him through you know, life again like that. Um, so he's with us for life. Um, 
Another one we had that was, was Milton, and I, I don't know how, uh, how exactly, I mean, I know we got him through the Palm Beach um, County Welfare, uh, not Welfare, but uh, the, the Palm Beach County um, Control Officers. Uh, oh, animal control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and he was just emaciated, and, um, and basically the vets told us, just put him to sleep and we we just looked at him and he just still had a little twinkle in his eye and, and the vet said you know this would be a lot cheaper and a lot faster and so we asked do you think he wants to live and and the vet said you know he really looks like he's going to try and uh so he did and his body was actually eating its own parts at that point he was so starved yeah. and emaciated and uh, and had a broken pelvis and had been hit by a car and just everything was against him. But he said he wanted to he, he wanted to live longer. And uh, and he gradually got better and better. And uh, then um, when we got him home, I was actually judging the horse show here in Palm Beach, and uh, we got him home from the hospital, and and one of the persons that works for us wanted to take pictures of him because. Everybody was so proud of him. Uh, put him in my arms for the picture because I had a coat and tie on. But he didn't know me, and all of a sudden this was so fast at him. So he just bit the crap out of my hand on film. Oh no! <laughs> I screamed. <laughs> anyway, it was the end of the photo session. But it was totally it was totally unfair to him. But the good news is he ended up uh, falling in love with a little boy and got a great home for life. He lives outside of Washington D.C. No. Oh, that's wonderful. I bet those stories when they find their forever family just make you feel incredible. Uh, they do. Uh, they do. And one of the cool things is so many of the owners keep contact with us and send us pictures periodically. And they let us know, um, you know, if something's going on or, or they're getting older or if they had to put him to sleep eventually and how long they lived, but how much they loved them. And, uh, and that part of what, a big part of what keeps us going. Oh, I can imagine. Yes. Uh, one of our photographers, Shauna Simmons, she rescued her puppy Rice, or no, Reese, Reese from you at Wellington at the horse show at the Winter Equestrian Festival. I guess you had a booth and she walked up there and that, that little dog just jumped into her arms or went crazy when it saw her. Yep. We, uh, uh, we have a booth now going on and, and in fact, we had, uh, Eight dogs come down last week, and every one of them was adopted within three days. That's so, amazing. Um, we have to get our bus back down here again this week because part of having the booth means we have to have pets to adopt. And uh, what's <laughs> difficult about it is that, uh, you know, by the time we get them and get them to the vet, and then most of them need spaying or neutering, um, they all need their shots. We, we have to put in their... Um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? The little oh, microchip. Chip. microchip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to get a microchip in that stays in our name forever uh, because we keep records of every owner and where every dog goes. And if somebody finds that dog on the highway or at a rest stop or just anywhere, we can track the owners down faster than anybody's going to try. Um, mm. So we always, you know, do that. But and then, you know, then we have to deal with whether they're wormy or not, and anything else they might have if they need a dental. And uh, 
you know, so it, it takes hours of, of just getting their lives in order uh, before we can, you know, bring them for adoption. Right. And we, we try to get all the vet work done that we can possibly do before they ever leave us. You have such a, a passion for these animals, but also such a huge respect and honor for them. I, that's one of the things that I really love and admire about you, uh, Danny. And I know that that was present in your writing career as, as well. And, uh, you know, when we talked, you told me a very special uh, a story about a kind of a humbling incident you had with protocol. You know, you're really, really famous hunter uh, right before going in for a states class. Would you mind sharing that with Jan and our listeners? <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> it's a little embarrassing, but at the same time, it, it's totally true. And humbling is, is exactly the word that it, that it takes. But uh, first of all, I, I just have to say that that was one of the horses that I had through my lifetime that I could totally trust to always try to do his best. I mean, he could be frisky or he could be anything, but, but when you feel like you'd, you'd gotten the time and, and, the, and the, the chips were going to be tough to deal with, you could always rely on him. And uh, so this was in Washington and he was a very sensitive horse. He was a thoroughbred horse. And it's when it was at the U S air arena, which, had a, uh, a a very long ramp coming from outside to inside, and uh, when he went down that ramp, he was he would get very uh, very tense and a little bit of a cold sweat, and his eyes would roll a little bit. And so we tried not to go in the ring. We tried to always school outside. Uh, so we tried not to go down the ramp until it was just within two or three trips of time to go. Mm. And uh, so that day, he had won the handy in the afternoon, and so the state class was that night, and the stands were full, and uh, and so we went last, which was how they always did it. The, you know, the winner of the state, uh, the handy would end up going last in the thing just to keep the class exciting. And I wasn't that familiar with the number system at the time; it, it wasn't in full use then. So I was hearing eighty-eight and eighty-nine and all that, those numbers, not, oh, we'll never do that. But when I got him down there, everything was fine until somebody in the ring crashed. And it took about 10 minutes for them to get the ring back in order, get the person up and everything to go well. Well, that was 10 more minutes of us being down there getting mm. And um, I tried not to be, but I was more nervous for him than I was for me at that point. Um, so the time just went on and on, and the people that helped me get him ready were all in the stands waiting. And so I was pretty much there by myself with him, and uh, there was one jump crew person. So finally, right at the end there, I thought, well, maybe I better remind him why we're here. And so I just broke into a little jog trot, and I just thought, I'm going to just sort of get in beginner position and let him just very kindly just step over that little X, and we'll walk and go to the gate and do our thing. So... I was in a pink coat and white britches and all cleaned up and stick and span. And I get to the X and he really didn't have any idea because I'd never jumped him down there. And uh, he stopped. I went right over all the braids, <laughs> his head, um, pulled the bridle half off. Um, <laughs> and nothing but that horrible footing down there was dark shavings and dirt and peat moss and whatever. I had it all over me from my helmet to <laughs> the <laughs> bottom of my boot, and I had to get his bridle back on. And the poor guy in the ring crew was just saying, 
uh, uh, sir, can I help you? Would you like me to lower that? No, I think it's low enough. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's the problem. I said, but I might have a problem getting on. Do you think you could help me get on? So he didn't, he'd never give a leg up. But anyway, between the two of us, I got on there and I had asked him beforehand, if he'd please brush me off just so I didn't look like I was the whole footing of the schooling area when I went in the ring. So I think maybe in the, in the long run, all of that, uh, took my mind off my panic, but I got mm. to the end. Game. Well, I've just fallen off and I'm sitting here trying to win this. And the last score I'd heard was 93 or something. I thought, I just need to scratch. I shouldn't even go. Uh, but I the gate anyway. And, uh, and I just said to him and patted his neck. I said, buddy, it's up to you. I'm putting the reins up and let you fly. <laughs> so pick up a gallop. He did. And he, he just went around beautifully. I don't, I can't remember a whole lot of it, except I never pulled the reins and we just kept going and uh, came out of the ring and I finally breathed again. And uh, he got 94 and won the class. And was <laughs> That's but, wonderful. Uh, but it was a, a total train wreck getting into the ring. I could tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love that, that you trusted him enough to, to go in it, even though your ego had kind of uh, suffered a fall, <laughs> literally and figuratively. <laughs> well, I mean, fortunately, we'd done enough together at that point. I I knew that, you know, the only thing, you know, the only thing to do is put my faith in him and, uh, you know, and pretty much leave it up to him. He knew how to measure jumps and he was honest and true. And uh, he just had to know I was right there believing in him every ounce of the way. I have to ask, you mentioned, you know, getting a leg up and I've seen pictures of you and Ron and there's quite the uh, height difference. And I'm just curious, how tall are you and how tall is Ron? <laughs> I'm five <laughs> and Ron is six eight. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So that's, it's, wow. That's amazing. So I didn't realize that Ron was so tall. That's amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining you. us. It's been such yes, a pleasure. Oh, uh, well, thank you. And, um, uh, I hope this goes well for you, and uh, and I I love the read in in the magazine, so I, I had a lot of compliments on it. So thank you. And do you have any um, plans on a life in the doghouse number two? We do not have a plan for another documentary. I mean, that I guess we'd have to be approached. I don't think we know how to do that ourselves. Um, <laughs> we have, um, Besides the books, we and I can't think of what the word is that you call it, but we have been signed on by an agency that contacts different channels like um, the wildlife channels and and, uh, discovery and things Uh like that. And they're trying to see about working up something, if there's any interest, um, about a movie. And particularly... um, it's already started after the eight thousand eighty thousand uh, eighty thousand word book um, that we're com- you know that's coming out called Forever Home. Mm. So if they do that and it becomes a movie, um, fortunately this time we wouldn't have to be the people in the movie. They would hire and act you know actors and and so forth to actually do it if it comes if it comes to pass. Mm. So okay. Well, let's and, hope because that would be great. Um, we're have, supposed to go a lot of book tours for the Forever Home book and stuff too, so that'll be kind of fun. 
Has anyone ever approached you guys about doing a reality show? Um, yes, they have. Yeah. Um, but we really don't have any interest in that because reality, actually, we were told we're too nice to be reality stars. <laughs> that, makes, that actually makes sense. <laughs> and, and they said, you'll never cut it as reality stars because you don't have enough drama and you don't have enough meanness. And um, so we dropped that idea anyway. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Although you could be the first kind reality show that did great things on dog rescue, but I, you're probably right. It might not have the right audience. <laughs> well, we laugh at, at the comment, but um, but when you stop and think about most of the reality shows that are hot, they 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 do have a lot of drama in them. Yeah, that's true. Well, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much, and um. I'm glad that we just featured you in sidelines and we look forward to seeing you at horse shows and seeing all those dogs that you guys rescue and adopt out. All right. Well, thank you so much. Are you looking for an amazing gift or do you want to add an incredible focal piece and conversation starter to your home or business? Commission a custom oil painting from Dan Anderson of Anderson's Fine Art. Dan has a unique, fun style that truly gives the viewer not just something to look at, but a true experience. He paints everything from horses and pets to people, places, and the fantastical. Last year, my husband and I commissioned him to paint our portraits, one of each of us, me, my husband, and our then two-year-old daughter. And especially the portrait of our two-year-old perfectly captures that toddler curiosity and love of life. We absolutely love them. Everybody who comes to our home comments on them. That's the first thing that they see. And we absolutely love them. To commission your own, go to andersonsfineart.com to see ideas and get in touch now. We got to look into the Toronto's family life in this month's cover story. Jimmy and Danielle Toronto are both accomplished riders in their own rights. Danielle has won many championships and awards as a top amateur rider, including riding on the U.S. show jumping team in Nation Cups and competing in World Cup finals in Europe. Jimmy has over 30 years of Grand Prix experience and runs a successful jet show stable, training horses and students to national success. Jimmy and Danielle met when Jimmy became Danielle's trainers and they were married in 1995. Now they have two kids, 15-year-old Natalia and 11-year-old JJ. Natalia is passionate about dance and JJ is an accomplished pony rider in addition to playing other sports. We are happy to talk to them today. Hi, Jimmy and Danielle. It's great to have you guys on this episode with us. We have feature you on the uh, April cover of Sidelines, and it's a great picture. How did that photo shoot go that day? I thought it went great. I thought uh, the photographer, everyone was very easy to work with. I thought it went good. Obviously, the horses cooperated, which was nice. Uh, our kids had a good time, and uh, it was very nice. Ah, good. Um, yeah, sometimes when you have a pony in there, it's not always as easy. But um, I love the picture of you guys standing behind the pony. I thought that was a great photo. Yeah, we, we did also. Yeah. So do you have any, I know you guys travel a lot, obviously, to horse shows. And do you have any funny family stories, um, maybe life on the road? Now that we have the, you know, we have two kids, obviously, and, and uh, we're, we're always on the road. And we normally live, we have a big bus that we live in on the road. And that was fine when it was just Danielle and I, but now as the kids get older, it got to be a little tight quarters. And in the mornings, you know, trying to sneak out of there and crawl over the kids at five in the morning and not wake <laughs> them up got quite difficult. So we actually had to get rid of that bus and we just had a, a custom built fifth wheel so that the kids have their own bedroom now. So now they have their own sealed off end, which is soundproof and we have our side. So 
you know, now we don't have to worry about waking them up in, in the morning when we leave to go to the show. Oh, that's good. That makes more sense. Yeah. So um, life in the barn and then on the road, how long do you stay on the road each year? Uh, we're basically six months each. We're down in Florida for six months and then we head up, we started try on the beginning of May and then we head to our farm in Pennsylvania and we work out of there. So we're basically six months away and six months here in Wellington. Wow, that's awesome. And I know, especially when the kids were younger, you know, when we talked, you talked about that, uh, you know, if there's an amusement park, you've been there. So what, who's, who's the biggest thrill seeker in your family? Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I like it. I like going as much as the kids do. They everywhere we, every town or everywhere they love going, uh, six flags, uh, Bush gardens, Disney world, uh, Hershey park. Hershey park is not far from our farm in Pennsylvania. So they like going there a lot, but, uh, I like going as much as they do. And I like going for all the junk food as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Do you, you mentioned a few of them. Do you have any, do you have a particular favorite and a particular favorite roller coaster or just any that you can get to? Yeah, really anywhere. I mean, we, we like Disney World, obviously, the most. Uh, you know, growing up in Florida, and when I was a kid, I went there. Uh, I think I went as a kid maybe once. I think my kids have gone. I, I can't even count how many times they've been already. But, you know, Disney World is probably our favorite as a family. Wow. That's awesome. I've been to California, Disneyland, quite a bit, but it's still on my bucket list to make it make it down to Florida. I'm a huge, huge Disneyland and roller coaster fan so that is that's so fun that you take time to do that all together and danielle do you go on the roller coasters unfortunately i can't do the roller coasters i get dizzy and uh don't feel well so actually natalia is probably the biggest thrill seeker she loves all of the big roller coasters we're jimmy's more for the stop and shop food and And we, we just enjoy being out and going to, you know, different places. Yeah. That's fantastic. Speaking of Natalia, I know that she's a very talented dancer. Um, do either of you dance? Uh, no. No, I <laughs> wonder where she gets that from. Uh, we always say, I always say my sister-in-law, she always takes credit. Uh, no, none of us, n- neither one of us dance. And she actually is a, she's a very good artist which I'm not sure where she gets that from either. What type of dance does she do? Uh, she does um, main, She does a lot of ballet. She actually does everything. She does uh, jazz, ballet, hip-hop, um, tap. Does yeah, she have a, does she she have a favorite or does she just... She kind of she varies. Uh, she does... Right now, she's doing a lot of shows at her school. So, she, you know, they use variations of all of that. And I ask her often, and she's seeming to go towards, she just went on point uh, a little over a year ago. So she, I don't know why she likes that because it's, it's hard on her, but she, mm. she likes to, she likes to go on point and she did her first recital this past year on wow. point. So that was pretty exciting. And well, then that makes her on point. Yeah. Yeah, well, that makes sense because one of the photos in the photo shoot, she's has her leg fo- pointed forward and her toe down like she was doing that. And I actually, I wondered about yeah. that when I saw that. I was like, ah, I wonder if she does that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. She actually just got her schedule for this next week and she practices after school to six o'clock every day and then Saturday from nine to nine. So wow. pretty, in- 
Yeah, she has a pretty intense schedule as we have a pretty intense horse show life. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say that, 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 you know, to get to that level. I mean, I do not know anything about dance other than like my three-year-old, I think, teaches me more, you know, <laughs> dance moves that probably even look better than the things that I come up with by myself. But um, I understand that, you know, on point is a very difficult level, you know, just like you guys with the horses. That's amazing that you have, you know, room in your schedule and your lives to support all of those different things. It's really, really cool. I love that you're able to support her at that level as well. Yeah, we try hard. And JJ also, uh, we were just talking before you called. He has, he just started playing lacrosse at school, which is the first time for him. And he also plays baseball. And today is a lacrosse game followed by a baseball game. Oh, my <laughs> so goodness. I, know, I think we're just a little crazy at the moment. <laughs> well, I think it's amazing that you can squeeze it all in. And then also while you're doing that with the, your own kids, you have kids that you teach lessons to and adults. Um, do you like teaching the kids or the adults better? So I don't teach at all. I ride JJ's ponies and Jimmy does all the teaching. So I'll hand it over to him. To okay. that. <laughs> you know, we have a, we have a mixture. Danielle still rides as an amateur and she, as she said, she really only, she rides JJ's ponies to set them up. Uh, but as far as clients and training, we have a mixture of everything. We have, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids, a lot of juniors and, and a lot of adults as well. And, you know, right now I've got a very good junior rider, Kat Fuquay, who is now stepping into the jumpers and really has a high level equitation horse. Uh, you know, she's done very well with the hunters for years and now really taking the next step. So I think that's exciting going into the future. Uh, she's got a couple of nice jumpers, uh, you know, but then I've got, uh, you know, some adult women that, that ride and do the hunters and, and do the jumpers. I've got two very competitive adult jumper riders uh, that do the older division and they're, you know, very supportive of each other and, and both are capable of winning any class. So, you know, it's, it's really fun with all of them. And, uh, you know, we have, a, as I said, we have a, a wide variety of, of everything. We have a lot of hunters, jumpers, ponies, eck. So uh, we have everything. Well, you guys stay busy. That is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So while you're staying busy, um, how tell us about, do you go to go on date night without, you know, without the family, just the two of you? And what have you done that's been a great date night? You know, we, we there's a restaurant in Palm beach that we really, really like there. It's called Palm beach grill. Um, mm -hmm. and we, we try to get there once a week, just the two of us. Uh, we eat there a lot, you know, like I said, once a week and we go there without the kids and I wouldn't say it's a long dinner, but the kids don't really love going anyway. So it, it works out. That's sort of our, our date night. Uh, that's sort of been for the last couple seasons, you know, when we're down here, we do that. When, when we're on the road, it, it's, it's actually, it's, a little tougher. We're, we're on the road. We have the kids and, uh, we actually enjoy doing everything with the kids anyway. So, you know, here when we're in Wellington, uh, the kids really like staying home and eating at home. So it, it works out well. Well, that's great. Yeah. I know sometimes when you're on the road a lot, you're just like, Oh, I just want to go in my kitchen and you know, whatever, make a grilled, <laughs> grilled cheese or something. <laughs> you guys have been married a while. So do you have any good marriage advice? for other couples out there on how to stay and keep a happy relationship? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think luckily we still enjoy each other. We like, we rely on each other for everything. Uh, I think we, 
really value each other's opinions. Uh, you know, I looked at Danielle. She really, she tries to not get involved in my riding or my training, but for a big class, I always look to her, even though she doesn't really want to give me advice. <laughs> uh, and I'll let her answer her side. Uh, so I think uh, my advice would be that all marriages have ups and downs. And I think when there's tough times or it's not going maybe as you plan that you just don't give up. You just keep going. I mean, like Jimmy said, we, we enjoy each other. And I think that's the basis of our, our good marriage. You know, if I am out thinking about something, I call him. I, if I have a problem, I call him. And I think, you know, I always, we, we go back and forth and bounce things off of each other and vent about other things to each other. But, you know, even when we're maybe a little mad at each other, you know, I always know, will pass and you know you don't give up you just keep going yeah Yeah, staying together the most important and um it all it all works out yeah that's great advice so tell us quickly danielle the story of how you two met i know it's in the story that we've just wrote on you but let our listeners (laughs) hear it as well i was riding in fort lauderdale i came on you know basically now i feel like i was old to start i was 12 13 years old and uh, the minute we started showing on the bigger circuit, I knew of Jimmy and, you know, he was with Palm Beach Polo and, uh, it just kind of worked out that my mom asked him if he would start training me. And, um, you know, that was like later on in my, my career. And at the end of my junior career, I was training with him and it turned into a relationship and, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> there you go. Um, do you, did your parents, do you think they had any idea that uh, you guys were going to become romantically involved? <laughs> uh, so my mom did pretty early on. And um, she, you know, always, she always treated Jimmy like a son and loved him. And we, you know, eased my dad into it. He was a strong <laughs> Italian guy and I was the last one. So, um he ended up, you know, once, once he, he knew he was all for it and it was, you know, we had a nice, nice family relationship and it all worked out. Uh, yeah. I, I really appreciate your example. You know, I'm a lot further behind. I've been married five years, five and a half years. And, you know, we just have a, a three-year-old and so we're just kind of starting out on that and I really admire your example of you know supporting your kids and following your dreams and and all the time that you guys take for each other and putting that relationship first with just so important so thank you so much for for that example and letting us get to know you and your family thank you Jimmy and Danielle so much for being with us we're again so grateful and excited to have you on the cover and to talk with you today. Oh, no, thanks for having us. I mean, it was a, it was an honor to be on the cover. I mean, I've, like Danielle said, I worked at Palm Beach Polo for a number of years and years and years ago, I remember when Sideline started mm-hmm. and always looked forward to getting that magazine every week. And, uh, you know, now being on the cover, especially, you know, my, with my wife and my kids, that was a sort of a big deal. So, you know, thank you all for, for having us be on there. Sidelines can be found at sidelinesmagazine.com, where you can subscribe to the Sidelines Scoop and get every new issue in your email free. Find the links to today's guests and the show notes at horsesinthemorning.com. You can follow Horses in the Morning 
on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. You can have all of the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go with our free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. Thanks to our sponsors, Espoir Equestrian, Anderson's Fine Art, and Danny and Ron's Rescue. We'll see you on the sidelines. 